I mean, that's one of the things I think being a dad has taught me is that, you know, you have to, you have to be super forgiving with everybody because, and, and remember that even though they're yours, they're not like extensions of you. They're, they're, they're their own people with their own personalities and their own likes and dislikes. And Welcome to the Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddie. This week's The Art of Fatherhood podcast is being brought to you by Kinzu. Kinzu is built around the belief that the majority of parents are just trying to find the right balance for technology in their families. The people at Kinzu are working hard to earn the right to be that trusted tech partner by providing apps that give kids and tweens only the best that technology has to offer without exposure to the worst of it. Kinzu thinks that the positive potential of technology is unlocked when it connects, promotes creativity, and enables the cultivation of new skills and interests. They build apps around these three pillars that kids love and parents trust. The three Kinzu apps are the Kinzu Messenger, which is an all-ages messaging platform that safely and privately connects families and friends. There is the Kinzu Together, which is an interactive video calling platform where users play games and read books on video calls. There is Kinzu Studio, which is a story builder where users learn storytelling and basic animation skills by creating characters and stories that they can export as video files. That's pretty sweet. Kinzu doesn't stop there. They actively provide thought leadership on the subject of kids and technology with their active blog, their founder's bi-weekly newsletter, The Digital Dad, and their founder's book, Screen Captured. Kinzu is flipping the script on screen time. To learn more about Kinzu, go to kinzu.com, that's K-I-N-Z-O-O.com, or just check out your device's app store and download it there. What's going on, everybody? Artie here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Very happy to have this gentleman on. Adam Polly, thanks for taking the time to chat with me, sir. How you doing? I'm doing um, okay. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Looking forward to chatting with you about the new Knuckle series that's going to be premiering on Paramount Plus soon. I love I, I love the Sonic movies, and it's pretty cool. Like for me, growing up in the '80s and '90s, Sonic, and you think like, oh, this movie is like, but this movie exceeded my expectations. Obviously, the second one was great too. But you get, we're going to be talking about um, the new series that you're going to be in as well uh, for the Knuckle series, like I mentioned. But let's talk about fatherhood and your fatherhood journey. Now you got three kids. When you found out you were going to be a dad, what was going through your mind, sir? Panic. <laughs> you know, that was like 11 years ago now. So I, I wish I could have, you know, told myself maybe like 11 years and nine months ago to run. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was sheer dread. was what was awesome. going on. With the <laughs> now, when I've talked to people before about like the values and things they're looking to instill into them, one of the things that I, I, I forgot who said it, but I love the fact that they were talking about like having a sense of humor and having a great way to look at the world. Like you want to instill that just because it kind of helps them get through some tough times. And it also helps them get into like jobs and like, you know, having a sense of humor, I think can go a long way. Obviously you're a funny guy, writer, actor, all that good stuff. Comedian talk about, mm-hmm. you know, is, is like a sense of humor and some other things that like is sense of humor, things you're looking to instill into them. And what are the other things you're looking to instill into them? Um, yeah, I think a sense of humor is important, but I don't try to push it on them. I think, you know, humor to me is like, um, a personality trait. It's not something that you can, like, you can't make someone want to, you know, live in your sarcasm if they're not feeling <laughs> sarcastic, you know, it's, yeah. um, 
I mean, that's one of the things I think being a dad has taught me is that, you know, you have to you have to be super forgiving with everybody because and, and remember that even though they're yours, they're not like extensions of you. They're their they're their own people with their own personalities and their own likes and dislikes. And you, like while you may share some similar genetics, they're their own people. And it's not that means that it's not your fault when they do things that you don't agree with but it's also you're not the reason that they did something great and so i think like you have to it's it's a hard thing to do but i think you have to keep remembering that when you're a parent nice well said i really like that uh talk about something that your kids have taught you either about yourself or about life that maybe you didn't know was there until you became a dad I mean, I think I always knew this, but my kids have kind of definitely hammered it home, which is that I, I, I'm I'm a, I'm an idiot. I don't know anything. The fact that I am able to uh, be alive and provide for three human beings is 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 astonishing. You know, like I just and I think I think it's an age thing as well, like you realize that the skills that you did have or you did grow up with really don't translate to today. Not that I have any of those either, but you know, you, you find yourself being like, I am just a carbon footprint on the world. I, I offer nothing. I can't figure anything out. And I think your children are consistently reminding you of that. Yeah. You know, and I knew it before, but it's just, it gets hammered home every day. <laughs> like the idea of the skill of printing out a map quest to drive somewhere doesn't really ma like matter anymore right <laughs> not that that was a skill to begin with but like i have a pretty like you know like i have a pretty decent sense of direction yeah you know which is like in 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 the olden times like i, I feel like i would have been used as like a navigator on a ship or something and like but now my kids are just like so what yeah. so what you remember where the house is like <laughs> Do you do anything else <laughs> besides running? What is one piece of advice or uh, a dad hack you'd offer to new dads? I, I don't know. There's so much advice. And like, truthfully, when you're a parent, it's like the last thing you want is someone to give you any advice. You're like, please shock up. You do not know what my situation <laughs> is. And that's true. And so I, I don't know if I have really any, any advice, but I, I guess like the most cautionary thing I would say to new parents is like, no matter what is going on at that moment, it will change yeah. to something else, to something you didn't plan for, to something. And that's not always negative, maybe positive to change, but it's always evolving. And so that it, it's like, you never want to get too comfortable in any of your children's behaviors because it will not last. And, and then you'll be the one with the remnant of, uh, you know, response, like the way that things used to be. Yeah. And I think that's a fleeting concept. Well said. Yeah. One of my first articles about fatherhood was saying kids are like velociraptors. They test the security and then find the weaknesses. So you always gotta be on alert, right? <laughs> Truthfully. I mean, that's, that's, that's what they, that's what they do you know that's their that's their whole um thing because and it's natural they you know you're if someone was keeping you in a place like imagine you couldn't leave or drive or go anywhere without someone else <laughs> and you had to behave according to their 
trauma, <laughs> you know, like yeah. code, it would drive you crazy, you know. So children in, in, inevitably are going to be like testing limits. Um, and I think that, that that's one of the things that is hard to like, sometimes it feels personal and you know what I mean? It's not, it's never personal. It's never, it's just kids, kids changing every day. Yeah. Well said, man. Uh, thanks for sharing some fatherhood insight on that. Like I said, congrats on Knuckles, the series premiere on, uh, it's going to be premiering later this year on Paramount Plus. You mm-hmm. play Wade Whipple, uh, like your character a lot. Talk a little about what fans can expect from this series, man. It's so fun. I mean, it's if you like the movies, you think you're gonna love the the series. It's it's really action packed and funny, and um, you know, Knuckles is a funny character, and and he doesn't quite um, understand the way the world works. And I think similarly to Wade, who's kind of you know <laughs> he helps in the end, but doesn't really know how it got there so it's an it's a fun match yeah Wade's almost kind of like a little like there is like shades of fatherhood in Wade like you said like it got to the point you didn't know maybe how you got there but at least you got there right yes totally yes 100 percent. like I mentioned earlier like so when the when the first movie came out I was like okay we'll see how this goes you know depending on how the writer is special effects but like when you guys were, of course, you're going to promote the movie and say it's good. You should check it out. It's, it's a lot of cool values that families can talk about after the movie. But especially with Sonic and the 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 lore around that video game, how tough was it to kind of like think about like, all right, so you read the script, you know how it's going to happen. But like when the movie finally played out and everyone was digging it, talk a little bit about like expectations versus reality when when you're playing when you're making a you know a movie on a video game. And obviously a lot of people dug it. Like what was your guys' expectations on how people gravitate towards that movie? I expectations are, are something that I try to avoid because okay. inevitably, I mean, life is, life is a letdown, right? Like rarely does something exceed your expectations. If you have high expectations, you can always find something that doesn't. And so I try to like, just think of, the literal moment in front of me. So like making those two movies was so fun that, and, and especially like, you know, for a kid, for, you know, a young kid of our age, like getting to work a kid, a man of our age, getting to work with Jim Carrey, you know, you feel like a kid, you're, you're like, this is a hero. So when the series came about, it was like, well, that just sounds like really a lot of fun. And I, I think I could do a good job on that in the moment. And then whatever happens happens because I mean, to me, did you see Air? Yes. I really yeah. liked Air. I really <laughs> liked Air. Um, and there's this good quote, this Phil Knight quote about running, where it's like people often mistake running as like the the destination. I forget the exact quote. It was like the destination is the journey, but actually the act is the destination yeah. when you run, right? Yeah. And I find that to be filmmaking as well. Like, whatever happens to the movie, I've been in movies that have made billions of dollars and I've been in movies that have made no dollars and the ones that have made no dollars are a lot better than the ones that have made billions. So it's like, you just, you just put it away and you try to do the best job you can at making the best movie. And then, and then that's what it is. No doubt. Yeah. Especially for me, like being a sneakerhead, I know you are too. Like Mm -hmm. air, 
like I knew pretty much all I'm a big Jordan fan but like I knew mm. like all the ins and outs of like how Nike got the deal and all that other stuff and it's interesting too like if you look at LeBron Kobe and like all the different sneaker um contracts after Jordan and how they're trying to replicate it. and they, I mean there are great shoes out there but like watching that movie I'm like how's this going to end even though I know how it, you know how, I mean yeah and and similarly and that's why what's so great about that movie is that it's similar to that line like the movie the ending of the movie is not the goal of that movie you know it's the movie is the is the goal you know to see it happen to and when you run it's that you're on a run it's like i don't care where i'm going to i just want to be on a run yeah no doubt comedian actor writer and more like is there like one you prefer over the other it just i mean i know you're talking about expectations like you know you just go into it like and you seize the moment which is actually a good thing to teach your kids also too to be in the moment but is there something that out of those different hats that you wear, like one's more just maybe not challenging, but just more fun for you because it's more challenging. No, I don't think of them as different okay. skills really. Like they, it, it all involves the same skill set, kind of, which is collaboration and um, alertness and listening and wit, you know? And so whether you're producing and you're like trying to get something made and you're going around to studios asking for money and pitching your story and telling people why it's so good, or you're literally writing the story, it, it, it's the same, it's like this, the same skill set for gotcha. me in a lot of ways. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, yep, it yeah, just, no doubt. Everything that you so, do for comedy writing goes into writing, but also too to pitch that there's got to be an element of comedic. It's like the elevator pitch. Yeah. I someone, right. <laughs> Same thing when you're acting, you know, and then you're going into the moment and you're acting. And, and if for me, for someone like me who came up in, in, in improv theater and, and, and sketch, it's like when you're acting, that's another extension of the writing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, like that, the writing is an extension of acting in the room. You have to perform the jokes you're pitching. You have to perform you have to be able to take the energy of, of the written word and put it into the page. It's like, it's all in, it's all the same thing kind of to me, which is show business. Gotcha. Is there, and, and maybe not just, you know, just from your uh, previous responses, but is there a role or a project or certain or something in your career that were like where you were in your career? I've been really lucky to do a lot, to have a long career so far. Yeah. Or, or I don't know if you can have a long something so far, but I've 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 been around for a little bit and in being around I've gotten to play some characters that are that mean a lot to a lot of people. Mm. And so that that is very fulfilling. I think it's there's a difference between being recognized for this job and then being recognized for this job because something you did changed someone's life. And yeah. that's kind of that that's the whole thing right like someone says like oh my god you did something that 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 changed the way i looked at the world you that's worth that's that's worth everything like that's the reason that anybody writes a song or or besides getting laid i mean it's like you write a song and you you you, you know it's like you do it so you can kind of in a small way change the world and i don't know if i've done anything like changed the world like i don't think dirty grandpa necessarily like <laughs> is gonna solve the ukrainian crisis but i i do i do think i'm lucky enough to have been given some material that i was able to do justice to that i think changed some people's lives and i and i and that's kind of the biggest accomplishment i think i, I have 
Thanks for sharing that, Adam. One more question before we finish off with the five quick five. From the time, like, and you said, like, oh, I don't know if you have a long career, but like the staying power that you have, and in such a tough industry because there's so many things going on, like so many now, like streaming venues and places where people can produce, pro like, you know, projects and TV and and films and all that and movies. From the time you started to now, is it tougher just because there's so much like drive for content? Like, I, I don't know if you hear people. No, say, it's oh, tougher so many because there's so many things. No, like, it's tougher because the industry has become corrupt, more, more corrupt. There's always corrupt. But the, once the entertainment industry became tech based and you were not having sales based on ads and and you can't uh, gauge the success or failure of your show. And you're just a number, like a you're almost the commercials in general. Yeah. Um, it became harder, and that's in the last like six, seven years, I guess five, six, seven years, and and uh, that's what the writers are fighting for, and that's what hopefully the actors don't have to, uh, but but they're prepared to. We're prepared to, uh, you know. I think that's there is no. I think a lot of the things you're saying are true. There's a lot of content and blah 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 and blah 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 and blah blah blah. But truthfully, um, most of that content is is garbage and not lasted that long and been cut at the knees and not been given the chance to grow or succeed and be and is the talent is being taken advantage of. And you look at a show like like I can give you any example, like what's your favorite comedy on television? Anything but Abbott Elementary. Yeah. is being taken advantage of because hacks only gets six episodes because it's thought of as premium or something, but yet it gets the same amount of viewers. Yeah. And that, that should have a full series order with a full staff of writers, but yeah. it doesn't. And the reason for that is because if you do that, then your profit margin is not as big. And if your profit margin is not as big, then you have more of a hard time going to your board and saying, well, this show is really great. Critically, people love it, but in the new landscape, the it's it's um, worth this much. People will say, "Well, I don't care if it's worth this much. I need it to grow my subscription." Yeah. And so once you once you have that, your favorite show won't last more than two three years, and that's why you won't remember anything. And then you're just gonna the viewer will be be conditioned to think that that's the way television works but it doesn't i mean happy endings used to do 22 episodes a year yeah that now happy endings would do six that's not why because the it's going to stay in that window on your tv the same amount of time so the companies don't need to pay for it well then they need to pay more money for those six episodes can't pay the same yeah that's the way that that's the way capitalism works and so if they want to engage in capitalism, they have, then we have to engage in capitalism. That's, that's the bottom line. Yeah. Well said, man. It's almost like the, the rookie quarterback conundrum where it's like you draft a rookie first or second round in the NFL. It's like they go, they go, they have to go in right away, but it's like, you're putting them in, in this predicament where they don't have that much experience or knowledge. Right. And it's like, they're going to fail. And it's like, well, you had six games, you suck. You're going to be out of here. And it doesn't have a chance to do that. And now in, in the entertainment world, like, yes, every, I mean, not just in the entertainment world, everywhere. It's like the profit margin. If we don't, if we're not like getting more and more and more like the big wigs and all that other stuff, then it's like, yeah, it's nothing to us right now. So it really sucks because like you said, like it hurts the people who are writing, acting, all that stuff, people that are work on set and all that. And it's like, 
can we just kind of go back to where it's like, hey, you're making a profit, but doesn't it need to be this insane amount of profit, right? Well, I think, and I think that they're, what they're learning is that you, what you're learning and you're seeing is that that profit was an insane amount of profit. You know, <laughs> I mean, think of think of how well Fox was doing before it was bought by Disney. Yeah, it was doing great. That's the reason it was bought by Disney. It was selling ads. It was, you know, what I mean. It it so true, man. And then it became, well, bought by Disney and now we need subscriptions and now we need to make sure more people are signing up for Disney and Hulu than last month. But that's a, a, that's a, that's like crypto. That's like, it's a, it's not real. That's not real money. There's nothing there. So eventually you're going to get to this point where you have to go back to the root of it. And that's why you're seeing companies come up like Fubo or Roku, people where that's like, you don't have to pay for that. They're streaming. All you got to do is sit through the ads. Yeah. And that's where, I mean, Netflix is going to put ads on their channel. Thing anyways. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, we're all going back to app that you can't, you can't. And that's capitalism again. Can't. That's where it's like, I I think these guys, these tech companies have kind of not done the full calculation and you're going to see a big reckoning like crypto or like, I wouldn't be surprised if like three or four of these places fold. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it would be horrible. Yeah, man. Like, kind of like for me working in radio, I used to work in radio, and it was the same thing where it was like, oh, Sirius XM, like, oh, there's no ads. There's nothing. And like, guess what? Down the road, there were ads. <laughs> so it's like. And you know what? I don't give a shit. Yeah. I like the ads. I have no problem listening to the ads on Sirius XM. Never have I been on Howard and been like, oh, when's this ad going to be over? <laughs> never never that's the price of the radio yeah no doubt thanks thanks for kind of sharing your insight on that because i really appreciate your knowledge and also your take on just what you're seeing in in the the entertainment world i know it kind of the page but i appreciate it man no i think it's important also i think because i think uh there's a lot of sentiment out there right now that like you know the writers are being greedy or the writers are you know feeling feeling a sense I, I felt it you know it's like just go what what are you what are you striking about that you don't make enough money you yeah. know and it's like the other thing i think to remember is that these writers i think writing is something often sometimes it's different it's it's similar to athletics in a lot of ways except in the way that like everybody in the barber shop is like i could put i could score 62 like michael you know like give me the ball oh, lebron's a bum you know <laughs> the same way everybody in the barbershop is like, man, Transformers sucked. If I could write Transformers, I'd do it like this. They should have done this. I could be a writer. But the truth is that the the amount of writers is 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 equivalent to the amount of NFL players yep. in the entertainment industry that are working professionally in television. Yes, you have screenwriters and you have people trying to be. And, but these are the best this is the best talent in the world. And the yeah. shows that you love are coming from their minds. So I would urge the public to see themselves in the writers and not the corporations. For the life of me, again, a couple things. One, I love the fact that someone's like, yeah, I could write a better, you know, ending to Transformers or Game of Thrones, whatever, right? And it's like, um, you know, if someone's like, oh, the stand-up comedian sucks. I could do better. Like, all right, go on stage. See if you can make someone never works out. <laughs> every time a heckler's like says so every a heckler's mind is like, this guy's not funny. Even the worst comedian, a heckler's like, I'll do it. They say something, and then immediately they are shredded 
to an inch of their life and they go home and they kill themselves. And like, that's what heckler, like, that's why you don't heckle. Yeah. Similarly, like, I just don't understand why we all look, we all put our athletes on pedestals and we go, Oh my God. Like, you know, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, like put Michael Jordan in the hall of fame. Yet people are like, yeah, I could direct jaws. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? The idea that people are like yelling at writers is the same analogy when people are yelling at athletes who are making millionaires who are like, who are making millions. Yeah. They're going against people who are making billions. (laughs) It's like, why don't you people? And that's the, the, the other crux of the, of the writer strike is that since the tech companies took over the entertainment world, I mean, you have, you have David Zaslav got paid like $300 million last year, last year. That's in a year. That's not like a one-time payment. That means next year, He's going to make another $300 million. Like the writers are only asking for 400 million. You could, that's, that's his, that's his bone. That's his bonus. Yeah. That's like, what is that? How does that? And that's like the Amazon strike as well. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. And I'm not saying that Billy, it should be illegal to have billionaires. I'm not saying that at all. I think it's great. I just, how do you, how, at what point, does the greater good like there is the the especially with ai like the possibility that five people would control everything you watch well, no one wants that yep no one wants that no one wants a demolition man where taco bell is the only restaurant that survives right <laughs> yeah and right now like my friends doing this right now there's a restaurant in california in los angeles that is based on uh, like uh, some like Asteroid City or something that Netflix put out. So like you can go to Asteroid City and eat whatever, like you're in a Wes Anderson movie. I guarantee Wes Anderson is not seeing a dime of those fries, a dime of those fries. I guarantee that it costs more money for Netflix to open a restaurant (laughs) than to pay for someone to write a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, like, who gets paid? How how come Wes Anderson doesn't get paid for his Asteroid City fries? Yeah. Because he signed a deal? Like, it, it just doesn't... And it's all... And there's only, like, six of those companies yeah. in the world. So, it's just kind of scary on that level. But I think that what will happen is that a lot of them will go bankrupt and then start from the beginning. Gotcha. Like a hard reboot, right? Yeah. Like, they'll be, like, Disney... And like what happened in video games? Yep. It was like all these video games, and it was like, yeah, there can only be like one video game. No doubt. All right. Thank you very much for sharing your insight on that. I know my audience will definitely appreciate that. We're going to finish off the Father Quick Five. Favorite family movie right now? Do you guys have one? Um, Spider Spider Verse. Nice. Very cool. Love that movie. Um, yeah. favorite genre of music you couldn't wait to juice your kids to? It didn't go well, but jam bands. <laughs> They didn't want the 30-minute version of a song? They didn't want that? No, you know, the 1982 Althea at the Garden is not really ripping them open like it does me. But, you know, there's time. There's describe, time. Describe the perfect family vacation. Where would it be? Perfect family vacation. It would be at, like, a resort that is um, enclosed, like an enclosed resort-type yeah. situation 
maybe like um, a private pool villa type situation nice. where no one could run and leave. Like I need some sort of wall keeping them in. <laughs> and then, and then where like food could be brought and then maybe there could also be like childcare there or like, go. or, or I don't even need childcare. My oldest are big enough. I'll just lock as long as I can lock them in. Yep. Have some, have some room service kids mom and i are going out see you exactly yes exactly <laughs> that'd be great but i don't trust them yet but or, or ever but and my next question like i said sneakerhead I, maybe you don't have one but is there like favorite sneaker of all time um yeah i mean i think the the, the jordan one is 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 kind of you know ubiquitously amazing i have like I have a still a, a model that I love that doesn't get made that much anymore, but I love it. And every time they retro it, I I try to grab them. But the it's called the Air Terra Humara. Okay. And it's like an ACG. It's like an old yeah. ACG. Yeah. And it's got the three. It's got the air bubble on the bottom with like the three holes to see the air bubble. Yeah. And it's kind of a mix between a hiking boot and a sneak. It's it's just the greatest. I think it's the greatest design shoe of all time. So I guess you have the sneakers app on your phone then, right? So anytime it comes out, you're like, you know. I don't. I took it off. I I don't need <laughs> to be alerted when something comes out. It's like just dangerous. Gotcha. Yeah. And I can't wait for your response for this one. But top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad. What would you want them to be? Top three words my kids would use to describe me as a dad. Kind. Warm. And fun. Nice. People, make sure you follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Polly and also go to Instagram at Adam.Polly. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. I know uh, your time is very precious to you and your family, but I appreciate uh, your thoughts on Father and also the industry, man. It was really cool to hear it from someone from the inside. And I wish you and your family continued success. And I can't wait for uh, the Necklace Series to be on Paramount Plus, man. You too. Thank you so much. I think your kids are going to love it. I want to thank Kinsu for sponsoring this week's Art of Fatherhood podcast. For those who have checked out my articles or podcasts, you know that I am a fan of technology, but I also want kids to be safe while using that. Kinzu is a big part of creating that safety while parents and kids can enjoy the internet. Make sure you go to Kinzu.com or download the Kinzu app on your device. And again, thanks for checking out the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure you go to artoffatherhood.net to check out the latest articles, podcasts, giveaways, reviews, all that good stuff. And again, I appreciate your support and help. I'm looking to support fatherhood, support parenting, support families all over the world by having positive examples through my podcast and website. And I really appreciate your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to theartoffatherhood.net.